What is up, gang? We're back. Episode nine. We're almost at double digits here. It's hard to believe that. Um, we're in the dead period, folks. We are officially dead. Sports are dead unless you're a baseball fan. No um, one's a baseball fan. You're probably dead if you are a baseball fan. <laughs> um, but we're back with you for another episode of Teeing It Up with CMB. I'm C. And as always, I'm here with Mr. Vladdy. Vladdy, how was your weekend? Uh, how's it going, bud? Weekend was good. Um, went up north to a friend's cottage, had a lot of fun there. We chilled. Um, other than that, I, I worked from home today, so it's really nice. Have that set up for Mondays and Fridays or the Fridays that I do work working from home. So now I've, I do have a kind of extended weekends and that makes it so much easier waking up at 7.55 on a Monday as opposed to 6.30 on a Monday. Mm. So I'm just kind of excited to kind of have that new regime in place and kind of go forward with it. What about you? How was your weekend? How was, how's life? Anything new? Yeah, nothing new. Uh, my sister's graduation party was this weekend. Uh, lots of people. Good to see family that you don't normally see. Uh, we had a bit of a party afterwards. It was a great time. Um, that's it. And then this week, I get a three-day week. Um, I'm taking Thursday, Friday off. And then I have next Monday and Tuesday off for the national holiday called uh, Independence Day. I believe that's when our country was founded. You wait, you get Tuesday off as well? Yes, I do. Oh, wow. I have a six-day weekend and then uh, two three-day weeks in there. That, that's beautiful. That, that's that, I'm jealous. Yeah, it's 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 electric, they, as the kids say these days, uh, which we'll get into what the kids are doing for our list um, later today. Uh, but let's talk about the sports news since we finished off on a lot of that stuff. Uh, I'm going to start with the hockey. Uh, that ended last night. We have a new team hoisting the stand, or hoisted the Stanley Cup last night. The Colorado Avalanche defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games. They won on Sunday night, two to one. Um, since we haven't talked, that's after they won the overtime. Was it overtime? Uh, I think game four was overtime. Game four was overtime uh, to go up three one, and then it, the Friday night game was an awesome, awesome hockey game. Three two. Uh, Pollock gets his third game winner of the playoffs. Uh, late in the third to send it back to Tampa for game six and a game where Tampa in game six looked like they were the better team early on. Uh, and again, the speed of Colorado, which I've mentioned on every single podcast, I think ended up prevailing uh, the dog did his thing. Nate dog McKinnon had two points in this one, a goal and an assist. And he was kind of, he was good, not great the entire series. And it was good to see him end on a great game. Um, a couple of notes um Darcy Kemper was really good in game six I thought he was a big reason why they won after he was kind of mediocre at best most of the playoffs uh the Conn Smythe award which is the MVP for the entire playoffs that went to Cal McCarr and this is going to be another podcast of me uh looking Cal McCarr's chops he's the greatest he's so special he did it all Stanley Cup finals long he was the greatest player on the ice it's only the Sec, he's or he was the first unanimous voter in the six years that they've like uh disclosed the vote how many votes everyone got. Uh, he's the first in those six years to have every single vote, uh, which is a bit of an interesting story. He got that. Um, so Gabriel Landeskog, the captain, was given the Stanley Cup last night. Uh, some interesting quotes I thought that were fun. Um, Nazim Kadri. Uh, people were talking about how he was a liability come playoff time. He didn't have a ton of experience in the playoffs. He was he was notoriously ejected from very early on in the first round last year and got a six-game suspension. Um, 
So he was didn't play a lot of last year's playoffs and they choked to, I believe, Vegas. Um, but he responded in an interview as they were giving the cup out. He said to all it's something along the lines of like to all my hate to all the haters that said I was a liability in the playoffs. Um, F you like on the mic. And nice. pretty, pretty cool quote. Uh, the other one was Nathan McKinnon, who's like a Sidney Crosby jock strapper. They're from the same, like, small hometown of Cole Harbor in Nova Scotia. Um, they, like – it's, like, notorious – like, N- McKinnon built, like, a house, like, right next to Crosby. Ha- built, like, a sick new gym. But, like, cr- works out in Crosby's crappy old gym because, like, it's Sidney Crosby and he's, like, his idol. I think he's, like – I think he's eight years younger than Crosby. Crosby's 34 and he's 26 or 27. Um, but he said, I was – he goes, quote, I was the, the drunkest guy at the Stanley at two of Sid's st- three Stanley Cup parties, and I fully expect him to be the drunkest at mine. That's, uh, that's amazing. So uh, it, it's just they have such a special relationship between, like, it's also another funny thing before I go into the relationship is it says on, like, Welcome to Cole Harbor. It says home of Sidney Crosby. So hopefully now that he has one Stanley Cup, he can – afford to get on that sign. <laughs> um, but it, it's really a special bond. You don't really see that in a small city to have two number one overall picks within 10 years of each other. Um, not, not necessarily the same generation, but like pretty, pretty close. I mean, uh, it, so it's very, and to be that good of friends is just a really cool relationship. Uh, and the Sidney Crosby legacy lives on even when other teams are winning the cup um, for Tampa. Uh, I don't think this is the end necessarily. It is the end of uh, the quote unquote dynasty. They did not get the three peat. Um, they really only lose Andre Palat of significance. They'll lose probably Nick Paul, who's a great up and down the lineup player, but uh, somewhat replaceable. I think uh, the harder player to replace will be Palat. He's going to, he's, he played his way into a contract that Tampa won't be able to afford. They are in the negatives already for the cap this year. And that's, needing to add players to the roster. So there's going to have to be someone's getting moved and young players are going to have to step up if they want to, um, you know, get back there. I will say Sergachev uh, and Anthony Sorelli are RFAs after next year. Uh, Kalorn is a UFA after next year. I, uh, so they're going to have a lot of stuff to, they have a decent amount of stuff to address right now, but they're going to have a ton of stuff to address after next year. Um, so I still think this is a contender for at least next year. I don't think they'll be quite as good. This was the worst team. Uh, this was the worst third and fourth line. Although the fourth line was not the problem. Um, this was the worst depth that the Tampa Bay Lightning have had. It's the same core, uh, but it is the worst depth of three Stanley Cup, you know, final teams that we've seen over the past. Mm-hmm. Few years. Uh, and I think that really showed not only that, but you know, Colorado is special, and I think it's the beginning of their dynasty, so to speak. So congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of beer drunk out of that cup last night, so good on them. I did have one question. So with McCarr and McKinnon, who would you say is better? Would you say it's McCarr? Yeah, McCarr. McCarr. So if I had to go players in the league right now, I'd go um, McDavid, and then McCarr's right thereafter. He's just for what he does as a defenseman is just so unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kinnan is just that same fast, strong, so quick with the puck. Great shot too. 
Um, but Makar as a defenseman is something that like is just so freakishly like eek. Mm-hmm. I think he's the second best player in the league right now. And then I would say Austin Matthews is probably the third best player. And then Nathan McKinnon is probably fourth. Okay. That's how I would roll right now. Um, so rolling into the NBA draft was last Thursday. Um, Troy Weaver, the Detroit Pistons, got on God status. He, he, I think he just put Alavila. Alavila's like grave has already been dug. I don't think it has. I, I think Chris Illich, because he's such a bad owner, is like, you know what, just keep trotting it out there. Let me keep collecting my $40 million team valuation every year just because I'm a part of this. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I, I think I told someone, Al Avila's got to miss the times of Ken Holland, Stan Van Gundy, and Bob Quinn when all of the stupid, stupid decisions he could make were could be, like, hidden because everyone else was making stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Now in Detroit, we've got three GMs who are smart, who, who do things that you actually think, wow, that's a shrewd move. That helps us in the future. I, meanwhile, I don't think Alavila has ever made one of those moves. And I'm not going to count taking Casey Miser Torkelson number one because it's a number one pick. You better get it right. And they were objective like any yeah. other team in the league was taking them. Yep. So it doesn't really count for me. Um, yeah. But he, uh, Troy Weaver, that is, had what people are saying are the draft of the night. They're saying the Pistons are the big winner. Uh, we don't get that much. It's so funny because, like, we're so excited. Over, again, I, I, I said this one, like, uh, about Mo Sider winning the Calder Trophy in a, in a blog I wrote. It's like we get so excited over the silliest, smallest things. That's all we have right now until we our team start one, winning. One good draft, and we think we – you would think that we're, like, in Denver right now. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's interesting. But to kind of go off on that – the NBA draft, obviously, last Thursday, I always get super, like, weirded out the way the NBA draft trades their picks. Mm. So instead of trading the rights to the pick, you trade the player after you take it. So the guy that we took at 13, Jalen Duren, we didn't actually take. He got up there on the stage with the alien that is Adam Silver, and he had a Charlotte Hornets hat on. Then he got dealt to the New York Knicks, and then he got dealt to Detroit. When I, I just don't understand why it is the way that it is. Maybe, maybe it's something with the fact that you're dealing with guaranteed contracts, whereas in the NFL you're dealing with with certain teams having to pay certain money depending on what's going on. I don't know, but that always kind of weirds me out. But, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, the, the Pistons were seen as the team that had the best draft, uh, and they got some help. So I, I just kind of wanted to run through a, like, kind of the, the first couple picks then maybe some more no, notable ones, whether it be hometown players or just interesting stories as it went down. The you know, first surprise of the night actually ended up being at number one. Uh, for the longest time, Jabari Smith was supposed to go number one. However, as, they, as he got up there, he read the Orlando uh, – uh, Adam Silver read uh, Paolo Zero is the number one pick. And you know, it's a good pick. I think he has – I think Paolo has the highest ceiling – or the highest floor of kind of like the big three, 6'10", 250. He can move. He can create, he can create his own offense. And I guess the only thing I can really say is it's unfortunate that he has to live in Orlando for the next four years, you know, not, not a great place to be. No income. Um, after that, you mean you had Chet going number two. Also again, the big, the, with the big three, there really wasn't any bad picks. Each guy can do stuff well, while they might not be that guaranteed kind of 
superstar that you might see. They're a great, I'd say, B-plus player, uh, or they can all be great B-plus players. Chet, I think going to OKC, though, for him is the best fit because they have the most amount of picks and they have that timeline that can be stretched over to give Chet time to grow into that NBA body if he's going to do that or to just get ready and to play with other young guys. Good point. Yeah, so like I said, Jabari Smith going to the number three, great shooter. Um, him and Jalen Green will be fun in Houston, but that wasn't really any – again, no, no real big surprises. You knew who the, the first three were going to be. And then at number four, the Sacramento Kings, everyone in life has that family member or friend that really makes stupid, stupid life choices. And that that's the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. You know, Keegan Murray's good. I don't think he's number four in the draft good. Certainly not when Jaden Ivey's still on the board. I don't understand why you don't just take Jaden Ivey. Even if you can't play him, try and facilitate a deal afterwards for Keegan Murray that you can get more back. I, I, I don't know why they did what they did, but that's Detroit's game because I think all of us were kind of sitting around. We're hoping, could, will they do it? Will they mess it up? Will How will they mess it up? And Adam Silver got up there. He said Keegan Murray from Iowa. And I think there was a collective uh, scream from the entire state of Michigan realizing Jaden Ivey is going to be a pistol. Yeah. Um, so uh, on Keegan Murray, do you know anybody on the Sacramento Kings right now? The deer and Fox and um, – oh, who's the, who's the point guard they drafted last year? Could you um, name five players that have ever played for the Kings? I think I could name ever. I mean, I'd have to go pretty far back to Marcus Cousins, Peja Stojakovic from like the 2000s. I mean, we're at, we're at three guys right now, Vladdy, over 20 years. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, I'm drawing a blank on the dudes. And they used to have Tyrese Halliburton. They dealt him because they found two, they found a backcourt that they liked as opposed to him. But to be completely honest, I hope, I don't think I can. I'm no. Marvin Bagley played there. He's a pistol right. right now. There's five. More my point being that they're the most irrelevant franchise yep. in all of sports. Yep. Talk about that family member. Well, this is just the general person in your life. It could be you, it could be like Sally's best friend's cousin that you about. That's how far down the line it could be. Literally, think about the person that you see on television that's always in jail. Like, think about like Kwame Kilpatrick, what he did for years. <laughs> The Sacramento Kings could are that in the NBA in the in the in the realm of sports, not just the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. To kind of go, I want I want to go two other picks past that real quick. So uh, at number six, you had um, Benedict Matherin from Arizona. I really really liked him. I thought he was a human highlight reel. He can shoot off screens really well. And I just felt like if he was one of those guys where if he locks in defensively, he could be a Jalen Brown type player. I think that's a good pick for Indy. It gives them a good piece. And I, to be honest, I kind of wish we could have had him, but that was under the assumption that Jaden Ivey would have been gone. Mm -hmm. Obviously Jaden Ivey's not there and you have to take the guy who has that John Morant type build and John Morant type uh, of kind of basketball prototype. Other than that, you had Shaden Sharp at number seven go to Portland. He's kind of the big question mark. We've said it a million times. No one's seen him play in a year. I actually wouldn't be shocked if he ends up getting traded. I don't think he fits Portland's timeline. Damian Lillard's, I think, 32, 33 years old. They don't have three years to wait to figure out if Shaden Sharp can play. I think you deal him for someone who, I'm not going to say a star, but for a, kind of that 
third piece that you can put on to a contending or champ or hopefully championship team. Other than that, I do want to go down to 13 just because that's back where the Pistons are in play. Uh, Jalen Duran. Um, wow. The, the Jeremy Grant trade looks great now. So we all hoped that uh, trading Jeremy Grant could get us a pick in the, in the lottery. And when we traded him for the 2025 pick in Milwaukee, everyone was like, what's going on? But it's kind of that, it's kind of that joke that everyone sees. It's where you use the wrong formula, but you get the right answer. Troy Weaver, instead of making one trade for a lottery pick, made two trades for a lottery pick. We dealt the 2025 first round pick to Charlotte. I want to say New York gave some picks to Charlotte. And then we took on Kemba Walker's uh, expiring deal because we have the cap space. That, that let us get Jalen Duran for basically nothing. We, we traded Jeremy Grant to win an expiring deal, a player that wouldn't fit our timeline, into somebody that can become DeAndre Ayton. He can be that Robert Williams-type player that the Boston Celtics have. So it was a great, great draft, um, great trade. I don't understand how, the, how Charlotte was okay with this because, I mean, they're trying to re-sign Miles Bridges, and they didn't dump any salaries they got rid of no contracts in the process they just acquired picks well did you hear did you hear what the new coach said about miles bridges what'd he say he said if he wants to continue that rap stuff he can go ahead and sign with detroit we don't care wow i mean interest that that's that's very very interesting Um, so jalen dern to me i looked it up he's one of the youngest players in the draft he's been done He's not even going to be 19 until after the season starts. Exactly. Someone that can be a good player down the road and can be a good five, I think. Um, But he is going to be a bit of a project. He's going to be three to four years, maybe even having to play G League at some point. Um, I don't think he's a guy that comes in and plays big minutes this year. Uh, or next year for that matter. But I think he's a good body and has all the physical tools to be that player when he's 22, 23. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I might push the timetable up by a year. I don't think he sees the G league. I think, I don't think he's going to walk into a starting role at 18 because if, if, I mean, if he does great for Detroit, cause that means yeah. he's well ahead of what everyone's thinking, but you're right. He is that second or third or maybe even fourth year guy where he finally makes that leap. But, I think he was the best lob threat in college. Like you watch some of the highlights, they're throwing the ball into the 15th row and he jumps up and catches it and dunks it. Mm-hmm. The, the physical tools, like you mentioned, are great. He can be that eight and type player. And yeah, it'll take some time. I, I could see him being that backup, uh, that backup center behind Isaiah Stewart for the first year. And you see where you go from there. I don't see why he can't play in year two though. Screw Isaiah Stewart. If Troy Weaver does not get Miles Bridges or DeAndre Ayton, the draft was for not. So I, I agree, and at the same time, I was reading, what if they passed on those two guys and instead went for more veteran-based players who are better shooters? Because if you take DeAndre Ayton and you play him with Jalen Duran, there is no fit there for the modern day NBA. Neither but Jalen Duran isn't a guarantee. He's, he's, if he get, comes down and then three years from now, he's a great backup center. That's still a win for you. You win in the NBA with superstars. How yeah. that depth worked for the Boston Celtics. They lost. 
to a team with superstars. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fair, but I also don't think either Bridges or Aiton is – they're certainly not Steph Curry, and they might not be Clay Thompson. I, 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 I just think that with the offensive fit that Aiton gives you, he limits what you can do on the other four positions because he can't shoot, and you have to surround him with guys that can stretch the floor so that he's not getting double or triple teamed on every possession. Again, I'm not going to sit here and hate anything that we do for now. I think we're set up in a great place where we can work with so many different options because you have the pieces in play. Mm-hmm. I just think that I, I, I'd love to see what happens with Braden. I have no idea what's going on. You've got rumors that, like I said, I, I've seen rumors they might not go for him. There's rumors that Aiton's already a lock to be in Detroit. You've got Charlotte's coach telling Miles to leave because they don't want a rap or they want a player. So I'm just curious to see what happens in free agency when it opens in a couple weeks. But other than that, um, I guess maybe we can talk about the the kind of the local guys. You had Caleb Houston go at 32. Could be a good 3 and D guy in Orlando. I think that's a good place for him because there really is no expectations. You're going into the worst team in the league. It gives you some time. Max Christie at 35 was really interesting because the Lakers traded into the draft to take Max Christie. And obviously everyone here might be a little perplexed about that because he is a little bit inconsistent. He is that project type guy. And with LeBron James at 39 and Anthony Data Davis, who might not be on the court the whole time, you don't need projects. You need guys who are going to come in and produce to help, to help complement your two-star players. You also have need like shooters. Like you had Russell Westbrook and guys that couldn't shoot around LeBron this year, and you saw how that worked. You missed the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Max Christie can shoot. Max Christie shot like thirty-five percent. Yeah. I mean, hey, he can shoot. It's the consistency. He's a young kid. He's got time to improve. It's just I don't know if the timeline necessarily fits the location. I think I think he would have been better suited for one of those teams that has a future plan that's two three years down the road not a team that we're two, three years down the road. You're just hoping or you're, you're expecting to be nothing because LeBron's gone and Anthony Davis isn't a cast again. But in the same, in the same breath, I think like he, there's no expectation for him to come in and actually have to put up points like somebody like on a bad, like a Caleb Houston, who's going to be expected to play a larger role right, right away. Yes. Like there, there'll be patience in him actually succeeding, but yep. Max he could play that smaller role and build into a smaller role per se, because he's only going to be trusted in a smaller role on yep. a team. And he, maybe he yep. gets a smaller role. Yeah, I could see it. Um, other than that, you had uh, Musa Diabate Diabate going to the Clippers. Um, I guess it's good energy guy. I don't really know what else to say. The Clippers are an interesting team when healthy. Obviously last season, they were not Kawhi did not play Paul George. I think missed some of the season. When they come back, who knows? Maybe they're that sleep. I don't want to say sleeper team of Kawhi Leonard on your roster, but maybe they're that team that people forgot about, kind of like the Warriors, where the injuries hurt you a lot and you end up you end up kind of throwing your away. But when your guys get back together and healthy, maybe something works out. Maybe something doesn't. Um, I don't know. Not really much to say there. Um, obviously, no Gabe Brown. He he did sign after the draft to a two way deal, I believe. He's got a shot. I mean, he can he can catch and shoot really well. He can he can defend. He's got the length. It's just will he can he produce? Who did he sign with? I didn't even know that he signed. Oh, uh, part of me wants to say the Thunder, but I'm really not certain. Um, I, I I just saw that it was one of those where show up to the summer league, 
drop right. down to the G League after that, and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, it's kind of exactly as we predicted. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's kind of what I have for the NBA draft. I don't know if there was anything else you had you wanted to talk about or. No, no, yeah, we covered all the local guys. I think we're good on that. Uh, so moving on, it was the weekend of the champion, it felt like. Um, first of all, I want to say I didn't watch any of it. The Travelers, the golf tournament, Xander Shoffley shot a minus 19 this weekend. Uh, how's that even fun? That um, golf, I probably could have shot even part of that golf course. <laughs> a 17 handicap can go out there and shoot 85 on a course like that. Yeah, no, it's. It, I think that might be one of those things that keeps golf or that makes it like tough to continuously watch golf when it's not a major is you've got those guys who walk around the course and they just tear it up on 90% of the tournaments they play at. So there's a part of me that like, actually, I kind of like that. Cause like you see like the U S open, like guys get tearing up, like less than 10 guys are under par. Like that's awesome. That's fun to watch. But there's also a part of me that like, I want to see, like, it's so hard to tell how good they are on TV sometimes that I want them to go out and play, like, like my local muni, muni course and, and see them, watch them go shoot 61. Like, and, and yeah, that's, up, that's true. And where they shoot a freaking you know, minus 20, minus 25. Um, there is a part of me that kind of wants to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really have much more to add. Like, it, it, you, like you make a good point. It is interesting both ways is, when you do see guys winning tournaments by a score with, with a neg- with a minus two score, that doesn't always give you the full appreciation. But then when you go see someone drop 30 or go 25 under, maybe that helps you realize, wait a minute, they really are that good at golf. But, but you also think to yourself, well, if you're getting a birdie every hole, what's the point? Right. So I, I don't know. That's, I, I, that's all I really have to say about the travelers and golf right now. It's not a major week, so not much more to say. Yeah, no, I, I only brought it up because I was just thinking about my Sunday agenda, uh, and that just kind of crossed it. Like I said, mm-hmm. the cup came. In uh, other news, the weekend of the champion, the Ole Miss Rebels won the College World Series for baseball. They won the two games – or two out of three-game series. They won both games. Um, crazy game Sunday afternoon. They were down two to one in the bottom of the eighth. They – Got a hit to start. I want to say there was a hit again that got him first and third. And then there's a wild pitch to tie the game. And then there was another wild pitch and then a hit to score two more runs after that. So two wild pitches were basically the reason they gave up three runs, Oklahoma, that is, and lot. And then they ended up going one, two, three in the top of the ninth, losing four to two. It was multiple replays that Oklahoma got runs taken off the board because of. Um, so it was, it was kind of a high-flying get for a 4-2 game that was um, 2-1 in, like, the eighth. It was actually a very entertaining game. I only watched the, that part. That's only why I mention it. Ole Miss, awesome story. Kind of, you, you don't really think Cinderella because they're kind of a blue blood for baseball. They were 7-14 and 14 at one point in the SEC. They finished second to last in the entire conference. They were the second to last team to be – uh, awarded an at-large berth. Um, so they were kind of behind the eight ball the whole year. They were only a couple of games above 500. Um, like I said, 14 and 16, I think, is what they went in the SEC, which was last in the SEC West. So kind of a Cinderella story from a non-Cinderella program, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Also, Mike Bianco, the Ole Miss coach, if you ever need like motivational speeches, uh, look him up on YouTube. Great, great speaker. Great. Knows what he's talking about. Has a great message for those guys. So I, I always mm-hmm. see them win. I usually root for. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to add. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched the College World Series this weekend. Fair enough. All right. Our final segment. Everyone's favorite segment. I have all 17 people that listen to this. They tell me how much they love our list. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell us who wins these things. Tell us who's better. Tell us why I'm so much better at making lists than that. I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like you lost all credibility to kind of talk like that after I just mopped the floor in the Jordan LeBron debate with you. You know, it's just <laughs> it's one of those things. But. Yeah, so for, for kind of debate this week, it's not really much more so of a debate, more of just like a talk about life, kind of maybe leaving the realm of sports. And you just kind of want to talk about those kind of like top five things that change in a person's life after leaving college. So, yeah. Yeah, so my list is kind of like those things that like, oh, you know you're out of college, when You know, it's been a little over a year now. Well, six months for Vladdy, a little over a year yep. for um, since we've been in undergrad, I mean, I'm going back to school in the fall. Um, but yeah, so life changes and we've started to know that. Um, so I am gonna, I don't really like, didn't go like, like rank them. Oh, I, don't, I don't think you can rank them. I think it's yeah. just noticeable changes in life. So this one might not necessarily apply to you, but hangovers that last multiple days, I feel like that doesn't, wasn't really a thing. Um, for me in school and now that I get older, 22 going on 23, I'm sure I'll laugh at this when I see this recording when I'm 33. <laughs> it does happen to me. And so that is my first one. Yeah, um, you're, you're correct. I, I am legally required to uh, let everyone know that I do not get hung over. It is a great skill and it is very nice. It, however, I obviously am not delusional. I know there will be a time when it happens and I am we will burn that bridge when we cross it maybe i'll make a big group chat with all my friends that i've ever gloated to about my powers and say i'm really sorry for ever making fun of you guys and i'll probably ask why you guys ever drank to begin with that's how you feel like the morning (laughs) after (laughs) but i guess one of the the, i guess the first noticeable change that i kind of found was for me at least personally that i started working is i have money but i have no time as opposed to where college you had time without money I think it's just kind of that role reversal where I sit here every month I made myself a little little budget sheet and I'm able to kind of like max out retirement accounts and certain things that I want to do with finance financially and still be left over with a a hefty amount of spending money per month but now I just don't have the time to spend that money because I'm working and then after that I go to the gym and then I come home and it's like oh well here we go and then on the weekends, you you take it easy one weekend or you take it easy two weekends. And then where, where, where's where's the time left now? So I guess that's that's kind of the, the, the biggest thing that I took away. No, that's that's a good one. Uh, so mine was, again, this is when, you know, I feel like this is a very like uh, boys thing, not so much girls. Uh, you have a group chat with the boys to talk about sports in school. When you're with the fellas up at campus, usually you're around each other and don't really need that. You're in the dorms. 
Uh, you live around campus, you see each other multiple times a week, you don't really need to. Uh, but when you get guys that move back home from out of state, they move out of state. Um, I know my dad does. I know that I do. Uh, having that group chat with the boys, you know you're all watching a big game. You can send that text. Um, it's a little bit of a safer space than like tweeting something. But it's a good intermediary, especially for me. I can let out some aggression with the text of the boys instead of tweeting something that I probably shouldn't. So. I, I do I do, I like, do like that a lot. I know that's something that I love using. I love I love messing with you guys. Anytime there's a hockey debate, is send some stupid passive aggressive thing to maybe elicit a reaction from one of you guys. And hey, sometimes you take the bait, and I I get, I get a lot of fun out of it. You know, it's really good entertainment because like you can only like especially when like you can really only text like someone one on one so much. Like, yeah. Only so much you can say one on one when you can get a debate going in a group chat. Oh yeah, uh, a good day passer when you're having a boring day at work or you're like, I don't know what else is boring in your life, but hmm. long stuff comes up all the time. I feel like you're at church. I don't know. Yeah, um, no. Um, th- I guess the next thing I had in my list was just you kind of need to find that you need you need to find hobbies. You need to find stuff to kind of take your mind off of work once you're kind of once you're kind of into work because if you don't I think there's a very short road to burnout and with me personally I've taken up going to the gym almost every day we do this podcast I try and play golf and it's just one of those things where you you finish school and now that you're kind of your 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 free time is less you need to make sure you utilize it Mm -hmm. I like that very very mature mature one I, I, I don't I hate myself for saying this kind of mature stuff I want to be 17 again saying the dumb um, stuff with all my buddies <laughs> my next one my third one is most of your time with the boys is on the golf course I mean not everyone has a golf course hobby but kind of what Vladdy mentioned is you're going to school a lot or going to school going to work a lot you come home you don't really have time to do stuff during the week everybody's doing stuff during the day so it's like Saturday, what do you do? You got to have a hobby. Uh, it's boys day on the course. Um, you can only go out with the girlfriend so many times golfing. Yeah. With the boys. Yeah. Um, for the next one that I had, and this is something I've kind of noticed in the six months post graduations, I just have less interest now in shoulder to shoulder bars. Um, that kind of, college thing where you're jumping up and down on the dance floor and melting because the body temperature of everyone is is collecting and instead of room temperature being 75 it's now 95 because that's just how it goes I I have less interest in that I kind of like you're more sit down you don't have to scream at each other to be able to hear you don't have to deal with the the underage kids who think they're funny I don't know maybe that's that's maybe that's like very old man yell at clouds take of me but I just have, I have less interest in that now. Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, yeah, I would say I have less interest for sure. I would say I don't have no interest. Yeah, I'm not saying that either. Um, And I feel like in five years from now, I'm going to have even less. And then five years from now, I'm going to have even less. So Um, my fourth one is, and this kind of applies to me, but I feel like this is kind of a boomer thing that I do. It might be, I mean, people can probably really, is falling asleep before 10 p.m. during the week. Oh, boy. <laughs> I very rarely make it past 10 o'clock during the week. The weekends, I'll be up all night. I'll be up till midnight. Even if I don't have anything going on, I'll stay up. But 
the week. I mean, I, I mean, I sit at a desk for work. It's the most enjoyable thing I've ever done with my life. But I've, and I've never been like a stay up late kind of guy, but yeah, I have a problem. It's called going to sleep early. And I yep. feel like I've gotten worse from my college days when I would, like, especially in my first couple of years of college, when I would like just stay up till 2 a.m. playing Fortnite on a Tuesday. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, I guess the next one I had was, I just, I guess, kind of diversification of life where I feel like post-college is the first time in our lives where we're really kind of, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. We're like, when you're growing up in grade school, you're, you're pushed on to the next grade and you're pushed on to the next grade and you're pushed on to the next grade, all while being groomed for college. And then you get to college and you're pushed on to your next year of college and you're pushed on to your next year of college. And then once it finally ends and the, what you're, I don't want to call it like structure, but like once the structure kind of fades away and you're into life doing whatever it is you want to do or need to do to kind of progress. I think it's just your, the diversification of life is massive. Certain things that there's certain things that like I used to do freshman, sophomore, like you mentioned, uh, you're not, you're not playing Xbox at three in the morning anymore because you got work the next day or you're not going around on a random Tuesday night to the bars with your buddies to get hammered because you got work in the morning or because something else is going on. You have responsibilities now. So just not really playing a kid's game. This is, I guess, a good way to encompass the, the, the whole, this whole statement. Yeah. You can find your own kind of structure. Like everyone can find their own structure and there's, Yep. like a very large or there's a very diverse range of what that structure could look like. Yep. So my last one is something I learned or something I like, came to me, uh, like having a lot of family in town friends from my sister's grad party this weekend. And my brother who is still in school, I like watched him have the most painful conversation because he couldn't really talk about it. And I was like, I pulled him aside. I was like, dude, you need to have this like, just like doesn't even have to be correct. You need to have your elevator pitch to what your career plan is slash is going to be like what you're doing. You need to be able to talk about that and where, what you want to do with it, whether that's school, the current job, what you want to do after your current job, what your dream job is just having that basic elevator pitch is so important to just having like any type of conversation that we have now. Um, so not being able to have that just little pitch makes like everything awkward, I think. Yeah. Um, that's actually, that that's pretty good. I think that's kind of, I feel like we're saying kind of very similar things over and over between all of our topics, just with like different phrases. It's just kind of the, the whole maturation and growing up thing. It's like for my last thing, I kind of just said, like, I, I've kind of noticed that like there's really less time for quote unquote, like parties where, if I'm getting together with friends now, it's not, it, it's not so much drink until you pass out anymore. It's have a couple casuals while you're sitting around the pool table or have a bonfire, drink a couple casuals. It's, it's just less, there's less like full on party experiences now that from the stuff or as opposed to the stuff that we might've done the first three, four years of school. Especially when it's like not, in the, not in the summer, like summer is a little different because it's like, fourth grad parties yeah I mean, yeah grad parties go up north uh, yeah up north like the, like the summer's a little different i think like the summer is kind of where adults or what i've learned is adults get in most of their partying because in the winter they're just like isn't as much to do yeah they're hibernating yeah exactly but um 
So that's our list. That was probably the most depressing thing you've ever heard. If you're under the age of 22, I'm sorry, um, but your life is going to suck very soon. It's actually not. It's great, but it does suck at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's all I got for you. I mean, we'll talk next week. Um, let us know what you want to talk about now that we are kind of dead with sports, with hockey. Uh, basketball has been done for a couple weeks now. Uh, like pretty much everything but regular season baseball is going on right now, which I'll start to do some brief baseball stuff on the next pod. But other than that, we're going to need stuff to talk about. So let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, with the dead period, this is where we need kind of the, I want to say guidance, but throw an idea out that maybe we haven't thought of. Throw something that you might see that you might see interesting that other people might see interesting. Let let us know what you'd find fun, and we'll, we'll that way we can keep up the kind of the extended content. I don't really want to start going down to like 15, 20 minutes weekly episodes. I'd rather keep them longer now that we can throw it on the Spotify. So interact let us know whether it be through text through comments telling us in person let us know and i guess we'll see you guys next week and and, any last words from you no if you don't like what i say just chirp me in person or in the comments i don't care hit them hard boys all right bye everybody